Hey everybody, welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. I am so glad you decided to join me today. Well, we are going to start into a new series. We ended with our Holy Spirit series. We had several, several weeks of talking about the Holy Spirit from who is the Holy Spirit to the baptism of the Holy Spirit to uh, all the to spiritual language to all of the gifts of the Spirit to the fruit of the Spirit. And um, I'm going to take a turn here and I hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't, you need to go listen to that. It's very, it's very, um, you'll learn a lot about who the Spirit is and we need to know that because He's the power source in our lives. He's the one that leads us and He's the one that guides us every day of our lives. I'm going to start into a new series and I'm going to title it The Authority of Jesus. Yes, the authority of Jesus. And we're going to use this over the next several weeks to talk about um, some different examples, accounts in uh, the Gospels of Jesus uh, acting in his authority. And uh, some of these will be about healing. Some of these to be about uh, other other aspects of what Jesus did. You know, he was, we'll get to that. His, he has all authority over all things. And so I really want to deal with that. I think it'll be a blessing to you and just show you, you serve this. You, this is the Savior that you serve. This is the Lord that you serve, uh, the one who has all authority. So this is going to be sermon number one in the series, The Authority of Jesus. And we're going to title this, The Cleansing of the Man with Leprosy. The Cleansing of the Man with Leprosy. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. So Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. And it goes like this. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Wow, leprosy. Verse 3, Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately, and immediately, and immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Wow, so Jesus is up on, he's been teaching the word of God. He comes down, crowds are obviously following him. Uh, and then this man with leprosy comes to him and bows down before him and say, hey, Jesus, if you're willing to heal me, and Jesus tells him that he is and that he is immediately healed. And we can just read over these accounts and kind of glaze over them and not make a big deal out of it. This is powerful. This is powerful. So we're going to look at various accounts in the Gospels. This is, the, this is our first one that display the authority of Jesus. Um, he has authority over sickness and all diseases. He has authority over men, nations, and governments. There is not a man that rules our government. Jesus rules everything. His authority is uh, over nature. He has authority over demons and all that demonic realm. He has authority to forgive sin. Wow. He has the authority to meet spiritual needs. He has authority over death. He has authority to command men. He is all authority. So in Matthew chapters 3 through 4, Jesus authenticated himself as the Messiah by the things that he did, by his word and by his works, his miracles. And Matthew 5 through 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, he announced his standards for entrance into his kingdom. And then the section of Matthew 8 that we are in, through Matthew 11, 1, he gives what I would call the credentials of the king. 
So here's Jesus displaying all these mighty works, his words, his deeds. They're so on display, but the Jews still had questions on their minds, and they would imagine asking things like, could this one be the Messiah? If so, could he bring about the changes necessary to institute the kingdom? Did he have the power to bring about change? Well, obviously he showed it, but I think there was obviously still questions with them. Matthew, therefore, presents this numerous miracles to authenticate this king to Israel and to prove that he is able to perform um, his word. But isn't there still a rejection, right? So these miracles demonstrated various realms in which Christ has authority. So Jesus was authenticating himself, even showing to them and to everyone that he has the power to do all things. So let's get into our verses for this first example. Verses 1 and 2, as we just read, When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So first of all, lepers were considered outcasts by many Jewish people, especially the Pharisees. It says, and a man with leprosy came to him, to Jesus. So first note that in Jesus's day, leprosy was not necessarily the same disease that we call leprosy today. In other words, what, while, it, while it included true medical leprosy, people were still regarded as leprous if they had any number of skin conditions. One being one that uh, started with a small spot on the skin. It ate away the flesh until the sufferer was left with only a stump of a hand or a leg. It was literally a living death. That's what most movies portray as, a, as people with leprosy, as we can see. Remember in that great movie, Ben-Hur. A leper was totally ostracized from society until he was declared cured. Totally. No one got near them, totally ostracized. So we look at the verb in here, which says they came to Jesus. That's the word, the Greek word proserkomai, which literally means to come or go and so to approach. But it also has the figurative sense of drawing near to or coming before God. The leper probably didn't understand what he was doing, but in effect, he's drawing near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace in time of need. He was coming to the only one that could help him. Hallelujah. That's Jesus. And it's notable that in regard, he calls him Lord and he bows down. So why is this so strange that a leper would draw near and that Jesus would allow the leper to draw near. Remember, all these people that are around are watching this scene take place. They're watching this. They're, they're freaked out. They don't want to get near this guy. They're, they're staying a, as far away from him as they possibly, but they see him come to Jesus. Well, if you read in the book about the law of Moses and you read about it in Leviticus, Numbers, and 2 Kings, it says this about those with leprosy. It says, as for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Again, 
totally ostracized. And whenever they came into a place where there were people, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean. Man, imagine how degrading uh, that would be to have this and to have to do that and to live a life that's completely separated from everybody and everybody looks at you as the, in the as the dregs of life and no one wants to come near you, talk to you, or have anything to do with you. So this is what those around Jesus were thinking when this leper came to him. So the leper comes to Jesus. I put a couple bullet points down here. He comes to Jesus by himself, probably very discouraged. I mean, to say the least. He, he knew how terrible his problem was. He knew most everyone thought his condition was hopeless. This had never been healed before. No one who would or could, no one would take him to Jesus. If somebody even could, they wouldn't do it. He had no previous example of Jesus healing a leper to give him any kind of hope. He had no promise that Jesus would heal him. He had no invitation from Jesus or the disciples to go get healed. And he must have felt ashamed and alone in the crowd. But he came to Jesus with this desire, the desire to be healed. When no one else would have anything to do with him, he made the great decision to come to Jesus on his own with this desire to be ridded of this terrible disease. It says he bowed down. That's the Greek word proskuneo. It means to prostrate oneself in tribute before another in the full sense of worship, not mere reverence or courtesy. So he recognizes something in Jesus. He bows down and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And that word said there is in the present tense in the Greek language, indicating that he repeated his statement. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And don't miss this picture. This is a heartbreaking picture. This leper still prostrate, repeating in this hoarse voice that is typical of those with advanced leprosy. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Wow, His, this, was, this was a picture perfect of Matthew chapter 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, while everybody else shunned him, everybody else stayed away from him, he approached Jesus, and Jesus, guess what? He didn't back up. He didn't turn away. He stayed right where he was, right there. The leper knew Jesus could cleanse him, but his question would be, was, could he cleanse him? He, he had heard the stories of this man healing people of their sicknesses and diseases. And he had this faith in him, if you want to call it that. He knew that this Jesus could heal him. He didn't know that if he really would or not. So obviously the leper recognized that there was something about Jesus because he called him in the Greek word kurios, uh, which means Lord in, in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Greek, kurios, Lord. Um, remember that this was the Greek word that was used to translate the Hebrew word Jehovah or Yahweh in the Old Testament. Did you get that? So the Jews that are all around here, they heard him address Jesus this way. Uh, I'm surely they would have wondered about this association. This man is calling him from an Old Testament point of view, Yahweh, Woo. Yahweh or Jehovah in a New Testament 
aspect, he's calling him Lord. That's a capital L there, Lord. Um, Curios. I can only imagine, again, what those in this crowd were thinking, the Jews, especially the Pharisees and all the people around them. Here's an unclean person approaching Jesus. What would Jesus do? If he's the Messiah, they might reason, well, surely he would tell this unclean person to leave his presence because he wouldn't want to be touched by this guy. Like everybody else, that's the way they felt about it. But they didn't comprehend one thing. They didn't comprehend Jesus' divine compassion for humanity. His divine compassion for humanity. Again, the phrase, if you are willing. The leper knew that Jesus had the power to heal him. His doubt was about his willingness. Would Jesus want to heal him? If you are willing. Well, guess what? Jesus accepted the leper's challenge with the answer, I am willing. I am willing. Willing, fellow in the Greek, um, primarily refers to exercising of one's will with the underlying sense of desiring or wanting to do something. So when he said, I am willing, he was saying, I desire to do this for you. Jesus desires to heal those who desire healing. He desires to heal those who desire healing. Do you have a sickness in your body today? Are you sick today? Do you desire healing? Go to Jesus today and ask him. Ask him right now. I'll take a second. Ask him. I pray for you in Jesus' name. If you have that desire, go to Jesus. And in Jesus' name, I just pray in faith over you that he will heal you right now where you are, whatever ailment's going on in your body. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen to that. He desires to heal those who desire to be healed. Amen. And this leper had a, imagine, imagine the depth of his desire. I think sometimes we don't get desirous enough. We take it on too flippantly. Think of the desire this guy had all his, however long part of his life, he was like this shunned, rejected, has to yell unclean, unclean everywhere he goes. Wow. Jesus said, I am willing to do this. I desire to meet you where your desire is. Amen. Verse three says, Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him. Woo. Imagine what everybody in the crowd was doing about that. He, he said, I am willing to be cleansed. And it says, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Not in the next day, not a week from then, not two months from there, not two years from there. It was immediately cleansed. That's the authority that Jesus has over sickness. Immediately, it left. Imagine what they all thought when they saw that, amen? Think about this. You got a picture of the scene. You got a picture of the scene of all these people, these Jews, these Pharisees, and all the other ones that are around them. Seeing this scene of this unclean man that no one wanted to be around, that no one wanted to definitely not touch or even be within however many feet of him, um, stay away, stay away, stay away. Jesus reaches out, touches him. We're going to talk about that in a second. Reaches out, touches him, and it says immediately his leprosy was gone. Imagine that scene going on. He's sick, he's healed <laughs> that quick. Um, so G the leper comes, G comes to Jesus imploring him to help him, and now Jesus reaches out his hand, touches him, 
which I again I'm there, I must have sent a gasp uh, through that crowd um, again who would never consider ever touching a leper and don't miss the point that just one touch of a leper would have rendered Jesus ceremonially ceremonially unclean one touch but in fact Jesus did not become unclean but in fact he cleanses the unclean at Jesus's touch nothing remains defiled at the touch of Jesus nothing remains defiled and it says Jesus reached some virgins say stretch some virgins say reach this is very interesting to me that Greek word ectano means stretch out literally as a gesture with one's hand stretched out. But get this, just like when Jesus stretched out his hands towards Peter when he was sinking into the water, it says Jesus touched him, haptomai, and the Greek means to grasp. He reached out and it means he touched him. And that phrase, that word touched in the Greek, haptomai, means to, listen to the word, grasp to lay hold of with the basic meaning of touching for the purpose of manipulating. In other words, when Jesus reached out, he didn't just touch him, grabbed him. He grasped the hold of him and said, I am willing, I desire to meet you at your desire. I imagine Jesus probably looked him right square in the eyes and said, I desire to meet you where your desire is. I am willing to heal you of this leprosy and immediately that leprosy was gone. Woo! He is ready and willing. That's our Jesus. He is ready and he is willing. He's ready and he's willing. Be cleansed here was a command. This is interesting. In the aorist imperative in the Greek, uh, it was a command to the leper to be cleansed and to be cleansed now. Now ponder that for a moment. The, um, the leper couldn't obey this in his own power. Uh, he, he didn't have the power to do this. So this command was evidence of Jesus's supernatural power and authority, which the, the leper gladly received. So his command was actually given to the leper's leprosy, which reminds us of, again, more commands. When he looked at the storm and said, hush storm, be still. And the storm was still. He has authority at his voice when he speaks his authority is all power. So he was speaking not just to the leper, but to the leprosy in the leper, be cleansed now. And that leprosy immediately left. Tell me that's not exciting. Jesus, I made this in big bold letters. Jesus is always willing to heal the sick and cleanse the sinful soul who seeks this from him. He turns no broken and contrite spirit away empty-handed. Think about the woman with the issue of blood, and that's probably one of the ones we'll, we'll talk about. She pushed her way through the crowd, pushed people. You can imagine the scene, this little sick woman who's been sick all her life, and she's pushing people out of the way just to get to Jesus to touch the very hem of, of his garment. And when she did it, Jesus felt the power go out of him that was now going into her life and healing her of that disease. Come on, somebody help me. Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing to meet you where your desire is. 
Jesus is willing to meet you at your sickness and make you whole. If you desire that, he is willing to do that in your life. Man, we should make a t-shirt, Jesus is willing, which would probably make people want to ask, willing to do what? And that'll open up a door for a whole bunch of stuff. I am willing, thelo in the Greek, in the present tense, it means continually. I am willing, I'm continually willing to do this for you. He's continually willing to do that for you. He's continually willing, desirous to heal people of their sickness and to cleanse people of their sins. Wow. Listen, Jesus is always willing. He's always able to heal any humble soul who has been crippled by Adam's fall because that's where sickness comes from. It says, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. As with every other miracle that Jesus did, this happened instantaneously. There were no incantations, just a word from Jesus. He grasped a hold of him and said, I am willing, be clean now in Jesus' name. And my name, he put it in his name, and the, and the leprosy was gone. This is the creator who in Genesis 1-3 spoke, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke here into this leper's life as Jehovah Rapha, the healer, commanding be cleansed, and he was cleansed. Jehovah Rapha, he is our healer, and that's a capital H, healer. That's the authority of Jesus over sickness. That's the authority of Jesus over your sickness. That's the authority. That's the one you serve. That's the Lord of your life. Get out of the doldrums. Step into faith. Desire this from God and watch Jesus do this in your life. Amen. Now we come into verse four and it says, and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This phrase, see that you tell no one, um, that's a Greek word that is in the present tense, a present imperative tense, we call it. It's calling for this leper to continually keep quiet about his healing because publicity over these miracles could hinder Christ's mission and divert public attention from his message because people are always wanting to follow after these kinds of signs. Mark records, in the book of Mark, it records that this is precisely what happened. So in this guy's exuberance, I get it, I understand it, but Jesus told him not to say anything. He was exuberant over this miracle. He disobeyed. And as a result, Christ had to move his ministry away from the city and into the desert regions because the man didn't stay quiet about it. And now more people, because people are always going to follow after a sign. They always, they always want to follow this kind of thing. Not the message so much. They want to follow after this. And one thing is certain, and I'll say this about uh, the way we live today. Think about how this healing ministries operate today. Jesus did not perform miracles to get a crowd. He did not perform miracles to get a crowd. He to always told them, don't go tell anybody. Don't go tell anybody. Again, he didn't want the message, his gospel message to be, to be uh, he wanted to be able to share it where he wanted to share it, but he knew crowds would come and could divert him away from where he want, really needed to be. Um, he usually avoided the crowd 
Uh, time after time, he instructed those whom he had healed not to talk too much. He didn't want people trusting him simply on the basis of spectacular deeds. Somebody hold on to that thought right there. Faith must be based upon his word, Romans 10, 17. Amen. He says, but go, show yourself to the priest. Well, the problem was that there was no cure for leprosy in those days. So as far as we know, there were no laws that were implemented regarding this or how to handle it by the priest. So far as the record goes, this the incident in all three of the synoptic gospels is the first time that a cleansed leper would have gone to the priest in the manner prescribed by Moses. So imagine the shock of the priests. They'd never seen this. They, they didn't know what to do about it. They had no prescribed way to deal with this. You would think that would shake them out of their spiritual lethargy to see something like this. They knew he was healed from leprosy. Jesus, full of mercy, uh, again, would give them another opportunity when he sent, uh, when he sent uh, 10 cleansed lepers to the priest. But in, in all this happening, the priest still rejected him. You would think that would change their minds. You would think these kind of things would change the minds of people today, but, or that it would be a strong witness to them that this was the Messiah. But they rejected him, and that is still happening today. But go show yourself, it says, to the priests and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. In other words, that word testimony in the Greek is where we get our English word martyr, and it means the healed leper would be a walking, living proof that a miracle had been performed. A walking, living proof that a miracle had been performed. Amen? Jeez. And for the leper, it was to be a declaration of facts which confirmed he was now clean. He was now clean. Amen? This man who had been enslaved, so to speak, bound by his leprosy, undoubtedly for many years, had come in contact with the authority of Jesus. Jesus exercised authority and power over this man's body. Hallelujah. He, listen, Jesus created man. He has power over every structure, function, every cell, every tissue, every organ, and every system in your body. He has authority over all of it. Every system going on inside of you, he has authority over that right now. He can heal every part. And his healings in the New Testament were instantaneous. They were complete and they lasted. Jesus can heal you too if you desire this from him. Um, there were no exceptions when Jesus prayed for the sick. Every disease was healed. All patients recovered. Hallelujah. Not a single person went away disillusioned that the Lord could not heal them. Jesus healed them all. Jesus has all authority to heal the sick. Amen. So let me, in closing, let me state some more points here. The word authority is a very strong word. When I say Jesus has all authority, um, it's filled with meaning. When we hear the word authority, there's a certain force about the word, right? We think of different aspects of authority. There, it may be a, even a somewhat of a bit of a, an intimidation about that word. We talk about authorities. We rightfully have a sense of respect for authority, maybe a sense of awe, maybe a sense of fear. The word authority denotes permission. It denotes privilege. It denotes power. It denotes rule. It denotes control, and it denotes influence, when someone has authority, that means they're on top of other people, so to speak. They have responsibility beyond the norm. 
They were able to determine things, to decide things, to render judgments, to wield certain rights and privileges. In the home, there's authority, rests with the parents. In the government, there's authorities, the police, for one example. Um, in the schools, there are authorities. In business, in the plant, in the job, in any dimension of life, there are authorities. In other words, people who have privileged the power, the permission to set the rules, to determine the judgments and the verdicts. But there is one who has authority that surpasses all other authorities. And that is Jesus. The authority to heal a leper. Woo! In, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said this about himself. All, somebody say out there, say all. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. No one has authority over Jesus. The devil, his demons, every demonic force out there, every government, every president, every king, every prime minister are submissive to Christ. They don't, some of them don't think they are. They think they're above all things. We see that going on in our nation today, but they're not. Everyone will answer to Christ. Everyone will stand before Jesus either as a saved person and see him and stand before him as savior, or they will stand before him as judge. But Jesus will have the last word in all circumstances. With all these things that are going on in our nation today, stuff being blown up and who knows what's going on and the threats of nuclear war, Jesus has authority over all things. All authority is given to me, he said. That's an amazing claim to privilege. That's an amazing claim to power, to permission, and to right. And Jesus demonstrated this in every single day of his life in ministry while he was on this earth, and he still does. All creation was subject to him even while he was on earth. And it is, listen, it is, it is folly I'll use that word. It is ridiculous to not believe in him as Savior and acknowledge him as Lord. It is absolutely the height of folly not to believe in him as Savior and acknowledge him as Lord, as one who has all authority. And when he returns, and he will return, he will rule the world with all authority, all power, all dominion, and all might. That's our Jesus. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. Do you have a desire to be healed today? He desires to meet you where your desire is. He desires to meet you at that place of your healing. He desires that to, to meet you at your need. He desires to meet you at your need. He's willing he desires that for you. He reaches out his hand. He grasps a hold of you. He looks you in the eye and he's saying to you today, I am willing to heal you. I'm willing to cleanse you. I'm willing to meet you at your need right now. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together. I pray the blessings of God on this short, simple sermon. I pray you would move on Holy Spirit on the hearts of people out there, God, who have 
carried burdens and problems and sickness in their bodies and they would know that they serve a Jesus who desires to touch them where they are, who desires to grab a hold of them and look them in the eye and say, I am willing to do this for you. Thank you, Lord God, today. Thank you as many come to him for healing and their bodies are made whole. Thank you for him. Thank you today for many who come to him for salvation and they are cleansed from their sin and from their iniquity. We thank you today, Jesus, for you have all authority. We submit ourselves to you underneath that authority and we thank you for all that you're doing for us and all that you continue to do for us. God, be with all those people, Father God, in that hurricane. God, keep them safe and Father God, restore back things they've lost and God, protect them from all the things that are going to be going on in the next couple of days. And watch over your elect, Lord God. Watch over the body of Christ today, Lord God. We thank you that we, you are watching over us. You are desirous to meet us where our needs are. And I thank you, Father God, for all that you've done and all you're doing. And for all those who are watching this today or watching this at some time, bless them, Lord God, and meet them where they are. Let them know you are there for them today. We thank you for these things and praise you for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. I am so excited that you decided to join me today. We're going to continue in this. We're going to be talking about different examples of the authority of Christ. I hope this builds your faith. You should take each one of these. When I do these, these Bible accounts and get them down in you, you can use these as a testimony to other people, how Jesus healed the man with leprosy. You need to get these in. You can use these as witnessing tools and combine them with the gospel and see people get saved and see people get healed. Use this, learn this, and grow. Be discipled. And from this day on, I challenge you to live all out for Christ. Amen. God bless you.